0: Good afternoon. Welcome back to the 24/7 Sports YouTube channel. I'm Steve Wiltfong with Wiltfong Whip Around. We're also going to combine today's show with my friends from Preps to Pros. We got Cooper Patagna on my left or right, I don't know which way you guys are seeing me, and then Andrew Ivans is On the other side here, as we break down the latest in college football and college football recruiting, I know these guys had a great weekend. I did as well, but not sure anybody had as good a weekend as Clemson did. The the Tigers got their 2024 recruiting class off and running with a commitment from top 247 safety to Voy Fegan, who committed on this YouTube channel, and you can go back and watch it if you missed it. And then this morning, top 247 defensive lineman Tamari and TJ Parker announced his commitment to the Tigers. Clemson is up to number nine in the 24-7 sports recruiting rankings. And Cooper, I think this might be the best defensive line haul in the nation right now.
2: Yeah, we love it. I mean, when you talk about it, uh, uh, six players in the top two, four, seven are either defensive linemen or edge. And five out of the six are from the states of either Alabama and Georgia. So you got Vic Burley, Peter Woods, to Marion Parker in there as well, and defensive line coach Nick Eason has done a tremendous job. But with Tamarian Parker, uh, a guy out of the state of Alabama, I thought he was one of the better pass rushers on the board. I got to see him live earlier this season, and this is a guy that can do a lot of different things. I think he's going to fit really well in the West Goodwins four down front. in uh, a guy in a year where Clemson's going to lose a lot of guys to, to playing on Sunday, this was a big year for them in terms of what they're bringing in. We know they don't really lean on the transfer portal. So that's why you see Six guys, very talented guys, all six uh, in the top two, four, seven, as I alluded to earlier, and Tamarian and Parker, uh, a really nice cherry on top here.
0: Andrew, Tamari and Parker has 38.5 career sacks, you put him on a defensive line moving forward with a guy like Peter Woods, who is as high motored a player in the country. And then Vic Burley out of Warner Robins, Georgia, there, number two defensive lineman in the top 247. These are guys that I think physically can come in and give Clemson some downs in year one.
1: Absolutely. I think they're all guys that can be on the back end of the rotation. You mentioned that group right there. I mean, they're all big functional athletes that can be molded really into whatever. I think there's some scheme versatility there, and that's kind of the name of the game. When you get into the late in the season, when you get late in games, you want guys that can do a little bit of everything else. And Tamorian Parker, you know, I think you can play him inside, outside early on in his career. He's probably gonna trend towards more of that interior lineman long-term. But when you get these freshmen on campus, you don't really know what, you know, you, you plug and play, see what they can do. We're seeing it across college football right now on preps to pros, We've been talking so much about freshman running backs and them getting on the field early. I also think defensive line is an area where you can can come in and make an impact day one. I just want to go back to Nick Eason. Cooper brought him up, Clemson's defensive line coach. This is one of the biggest hires, I think, of last year's coaching cycle, right? Dabo normally keeps everything in-house, doesn't really go outside the tree. And I know Nick Eason graduated from Clemson, but he was a guy that was at Auburn. Uh, Dabo goes and gets him and now look at Nick Eason, number one ranked recruiter in the ACC, number four nationally. and I think that is a monster job for him. He has done a great job in SEC country, in Atlanta, going into Alabama. You see him all around. So Nick Eason, that's a name to know uh, right there behind Brian Hartline and and Jawan Sider and and Steve. I know those are two really good recruiters. So he's in good company up there in the top five.
0: Absolutely, and lemansky Hall uh, shouldn't go overlooked either on that Clemson staff, particularly recruiting those edge rushers and Coach Goodwin, Hall, Eason, and obviously Dabo Sweeney. They have a great chemistry uh, on the trail, and and uh, those guys at Clemson, they just they just always know the message. And and again, defensive line, what a, a major position of need for the Tigers. They could lose Brian Brzee, Tyler Davis guys like Miles Murphy uh, after the season here. And, and and so they'll need some instant replenishment uh, to bolster up a defense that's uh, one of the best against the run in the country, number 12 nationally right now, take out that Notre Dame game, and they're, they're much higher. Uh, uh, so a unit that's performed well over the years that will need uh, some reloading after the season perhaps. Andrew, Tavoy uh, Fegan committed to Clemson on Sunday. He's from your neck of the woods. What are the Tigers getting there?
1: Well, he's he's a guy that's under six foot, so I'm a little concerned about the size and all that stuff. But when you put on the tape, you know, for someone that doesn't have the ideal frame, what I love about Tavoy is how physical he is out on the outside. He's not afraid to come in the alley and make a hit. And this is a guy that's dealt with some injuries, so it's been hard to kind of get some eyes on him, whether that be in a camp setting or, or in the seven-on-seven. Seven. But go back to his freshman year, he had some really impressive numbers for a youngster. I mean, numbers, testing numbers that, you know, guys that are signing with FCS Schools would have. So he's a good athlete. Dad played for Dabo Sweeney uh, when Sweeney was a GA at Alabama. So he's got it in his bloodline. Uh, A guy we're going to continue to monitor. But I, I would peg him as a versatile back seven defender that likes to tackle people. And I think uh, you're going to want some of those in the ACC with everyone trying to uh, air it out.
0: Over the weekend, guys, there were some big visits that took place. None bigger, uh, in my opinion, than the number one defensive lineman in the country, David D.J. Hicks. He was in bedlam for Oklahoma's victory over Oklahoma State, the first bedlam of the Brent Venables era. Goes about the way every bedlam has gone here in the Mike Gundy era with the Sooners getting a win there, jumping on the Cowboys early, scoring 28 in the first quarter and rallying uh, and holding on there behind a a great defensive effort, really one of the best defensive efforts of the season for for Oklahoma, a defense that ranks 112th nationally. That is certainly – Not what Brent Venables is used to, Cooper, but David Hicks and his family took an official visit there. He nearly committed to Oklahoma at one point in the process, but ended up riding with Texas A&M, the program that led the longest for him. He's going to take an official to A&M December 16th weekend, which is what's going to be a big recruiting weekend for the Aggies was at Oak, Oregon last weekend, and his dad told me, hey, anytime a recruit comes back from Oregon, that's kind of where they want to go. So I think all three programs are still alive down the stretch. His dad says that he's still with A&M for now, but, but obviously going over his options here uh, for David Hicks here uh, obviously would be big for any of these programs
2: yeah it'd be huge and, and especially starting with oklahoma you, you mentioned oklahoma was really kind of the favorite earlier in the year when david hicks made that decision it was kind of a shocker uh, that he decided to go with texas a&m but this would be an excellent addition for brent venables in a class that right now if you're an oklahoma fan the way this season has gone is kind of what you're hanging your hat on a top 10 class and brent venables his first season and you talk about that defensive line what they've done up front already P.J. Adebore, certainly one of the more traitsier players in the country nationally. They get him out of Kansas City, Missouri. And then also you have Derek LeBlanc out of the state of Florida as well. If you're able to add a guy like D.J. Hicks in the middle, 6'4", 270 pounds, versatile, especially with the Sooners heading to the SEC here in a couple of years, uh, that would be the probably biggest addition for Brent Venables in this class, which is saying a lot. So, Oklahoma, uh, obviously, in the mix for him. And, and when you look at Oregon and what they're trying to do, uh, they're really trying to take something that is quite simple in terms of the recipe uh, of the Georgias in uh, the Alabamas in the SEC, this height, weight, speed philosophy, and apply it out west. The issue is premium positions like offense and defensive line, big bodies are hard to find. So you have to go to places like Texas, to pull a D.J. Hicks every once in a while, Uh, and that's a big one. That's why they're in it. Uh, Defense coordinator Tosh Lupoi uh, certainly involved in that one as well, as as long with Dan Lanning. That would be a huge get, uh, impact 12 country for Oregon. And if you're Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher right now, the season has gone completely sideways. You're looking for any type of positive momentum. You're just – Hanging on for dear life right now, hoping you can keep a guy like DJ Hicks in that room and already join uh, a very up and coming and one of the more talented defensive line rooms in the country.
0: Oklahoma, they're in the conversation for the number one defensive line class in the country. We obviously talked about Clemson at the top, but they landed a verbal from Ashton Sanders from Los Angeles, California over the weekend. 82 tackles, 22 stops for loss, 10 sacks and 56 quarterback hurries as a senior out there. Another disruptive player that Venables, uh, uh he loves, he wants guys that have proved it on high school film, right? It, it, it's not uh, a lot of projection with him. He's looking for great players that do it on Friday nights and, and And that was another pickup for pickup for them.
1: And Steve, I'll say this, Lewis Carter, their top two, four, seven linebacker commit out of Tampa Catholic. I don't know if there's anyone having as good of a senior season uh, at the second level in the sunshine state. I mean, he's been a monster. He's playing a little running back has taken over games and Tampa Catholic put together one of their best seasons ever. And Lewis Carter was a big reason why he's a maniac in the middle. He comes down and meets you in the gap. I think he's someone that could get there to Norman and push for playing time as a freshman. And I know Coop's also high, and Makari Vickers, the defensive back, that just got the All-American Bowl invite. We're super excited to see him out in San Antonio. But it's not just the defensive lineman with that class. They're adding pieces across the board, and that's the name of the game. you got to stack classes and build some depth in that secondary and in that linebacker. So really a lot to like about OU's defensive hall.
0: Absolutely. Samuel Omashigo, our number six linebacker in the country, part of that haul as well. Him and uh, Lewis Carter uh, run run around behind what this defensive line class could be with Hicks, but already uh, a a tremendous haul for the Sooners, and their defense is, is definitely on the upward swing. Notre Dame, they hosted... Top 247 quarterback Kenny Minchie over the weekend. I know we both have talked about it on our respective shows, Whip Around and and, and Preps the Pro. But uh, I really love Notre Dame's position here for Kenny Minchie. I think they're really closing in on a commitment from him. Number three class in the country. They don't have their commitment. At one point, Notre Dame was the leader for Jackson Arnold. At one point, they were the leader for Dante Moore. Those did not go their way. They were in it for. Austin Novasat a little bit, but Kenny Minchie is their guy, in my opinion. I think he's going to end up in the class. I think it'll be a big pickup for the Irish to add what they already have in the fold, Cooper, which is, uh, in my opinion, uh, a terrific receiver hall and running back haul as well.
2: Yeah, you cannot overlook Kenny Minchie. I know a lot of Notre Dame fans, Andrew and I, have talked about this. They're very excited looking ahead to 2024 where they have C.J. Carr locked in, and they should be excited, but Kenny Minchie is not just another arm. This is a guy that we really like a lot, 6'1", over 200 pounds, really sturdy frame. I think he's going to be ready to play at the next level. Only played in four regular season games this season, was dealing with the shoulder injury, but over that span, 73%. Completion rate 11 touchdowns, one interception. He played very clean. And the one thing when you watch Kenny Minchie, he's a guy that has a complete command. Over the offense and I love his play style the way he plays very patient in the pocket, but he's a really good athlete. He's got a 37 inch vert. He's got a sub four three short shuttle and he's got 10 inch hands as well, which is going to be important when you're playing in that cold weather in South Bend. So I like Kenny Minchie. I like what he brings to the table. Uh, Steve, you just said it. Uh, Marcus Freeman right now. Notre Dame the number 3 class in the country 16 top 247 commits that is tied with Georgia the defending national champions uh and number 1 in the country in that category so if they get Kenny Michie here Uh, in in the next day or so uh, they'll leap to number one which just says so much about the job Marcus Freeman has done Uh, but that being said quarterback has kind of been the question mark when you look back on this program and certainly this year Drew Pine has done a tremendous job over the last nine games but they need to get this position right I see Kenny Minchie as a multi-year starter in South Bend
1: well I'll say this Cooper I mean we'll see what Kenny Minchie looks like during the all-star games but Just watching his tape, going back to the Elite 11 footage, you know, I've seen all these other uh, Notre Dame quarterbacks in some type of setting over the over the years. And I, I think Minchie's the guy I get most excited about. And we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording this show. I'm struggling to find a player comp for Kenny, but I think his play style reminds me a little bit of Caleb Williams, who is at USC. Notre Dame fans are very familiar with him. They'll see him this weekend uh, during Rivalry Week when, when Notre Dame and, and USC uh, square off. Uh, but I, I think he's a guy that's a better run him, runner than people give him credit for. And he's got some moxie in the pocket. He can make things happen and shows a bunch of touch. So I don't think he's a, a gap year quarterback. I think Kenny Minchie a guy that can come in and win games on Saturdays. And I think that's exactly what you want if you're a Notre Dame fan with CJ Carr coming in. We obviously think very highly of Carr, but he's going to need some time. So Kenny Minchie, if he can get in there and develop and start some games, I think that would be huge for Notre Dame. Uh, not just thinking, you know, short term, but long term as well.
0: well. Kenny Minchie won the pro day competition at the elite 11 finals throwing alongside some of the best arms in the country, some of our highest ranked quarterbacks. So there's not a throw on the field that he can't make. And then I just loved his his maturity there and, and, and the way he carries himself and Pitt. He was a one-time commit to Pitt. Pitt envisioned him being the guy under center that would keep them in the hunt for winning ACC titles for years to come. This is the best quarterback that Notre Dame's recruited uh, in an awful long time, in my opinion, and certainly dating back to Ian Book and before. And And I think he's a championship caliber type quarterback with what they've recruited around him. So it would be a monster pickup for, for Notre Dame there. Andrew, uh, we're going to dive into some rivalry week stuff right now cuz that's what it is right now and I want to start with the game on Friday night with Florida and Florida State uh and what it means for for Big 3 recruiting moving forward um there are some guys first I wanted to kind of run down some guys expected first there's going to be a, a 2023 whiteout committed elsewhere there that you'll have to stay tuned in Knowles 2474 uh, uh, There'll be another a four-star player committed elsewhere, but maybe not committed elsewhere by the time the weekend comes around. Uh, that's expected <laughs> to be there. Uh, uh, several of their commits are coming back, including Hakeem Williams, Lucas Simmons, Lamont Green, Sam Singleton, uh, to name a few of those guys. And then Jalen Hayward, our number two safety in the country in 2024, Stacy Gage uh, will be there, or at least Parks, Fred Gaskin jamari howard who's committed to michigan state jake guaranara got some big time 25 to caleb cunningham jamie french kevin sperry Uh, a lot of guys that florida state has offered already set to be back in tallahassee for this one Uh, just what excites you about florida state florida this year over thanksgiving weekend
1: you know obviously you, you talk about the big three in florida right now we all know how you know things have changed with the nil and the collectives and all that stuff and sure yes you know, the narratives and how some of these battles are are won these days are a little bit different than they were a few years ago. But kids are still going to tune in and they're going to watch to see, you know, who wins this football game. And I think if you're FSU and Mike Norvell, this is an opportunity to take it to Florida. And you took it to Miami just a few weeks ago. So Mike Norvell could exit this season and be 2-0 and against his big rivals. And I think coming into the year, I said it on Preps and Pros, you know, it was one of my big question marks about Mike Norvell in his tenure. You know, it's been a rebuild. It's been a long rebuild. But he had struggled in those games that matter, the games that matter to the boosters. I mean, they want to beat – uh, Miami, they want to beat Florida, so I'm interested to see you know what 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 it looks like on, on Friday night. And, and you look at the Gators, Billy Napier, uh, you know they're they're limping in. They just lost at Vanderbilt, that wasn't really expected. Uh, he's also lost to Georgia, he's lost to Tennessee. I mean, Billy Napier could be 0 3 against his big you know three biggest rivals, with also a loss to to Vanderbilt on the ledger. That's not really uh, optimistic. I think that would you know make a lot of Florida fans uneasy so there's plenty at stake here Games on a Friday night, state playoffs are still going on down here. So a lot of kids that probably could be in there won't be there. Uh, you mentioned a few of the big ones. Uh, circle Lucas Simmons, what is going on in that recruitment? You know, he has said everything, all the right things about Florida State. He's committed to them, but he shows up in the swamp a few weeks ago for a visit. I think that's going to be one to monitor down the stretch, especially if Alex Atkins, FSU, was offensive coordinator. He were to leave and take a job somewhere else. So a lot at stake even though this game is, is kind of tucked away on the schedule. It's after, uh, what, USA, England. It's later that night. So, um, you know, reason to tune in, I think, e- even though it's, it's, it doesn't have much of an impact on the college football playoff.
0: Hiring for your small business?
2: If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Yeah, I think you got to strike when the iron's hot if you're Mike Norvell in Florida State. Andrew and I talked a lot about Florida State in the preseason, what Mike Norvell needed to do uh, for this program to take the proverbial next step. I think they have done that this season, especially with a convincing win against Miami on the recruiting trail. I think this is where you kind of are, are able to carry momentum if you're able to go 2-0 and against Miami and with Florida. And right now, Drew, you said it with, with top 247 offensive lineman Lucas Simmons. Uh, it looks to be a battle between Florida State and Florida there, even though he's committed to the Noles right now. So a lot of equity uh on the on the recruiting trail up for grabs and i think for florida drew i mean listen they had built some momentum late in the season uh and then lose last week to vanderbilt which was a little bit of a surprise you got to give vandy credit um but this is a way for billy napier to kind of recapture some of that momentum going to the offseason i don't think this is going to impact them much on the recruiting trail uh but a win against florida state could have long-term implications
0: Florida State returning a lot next year from this football team that also has one of the marquee wins of the year now against LSU, including their quarterback, Jordan Travis, who should be back next year, too. So really just an exciting time to be a Florida State fan and follow that program on New- Knowles 247. Cooper, how many Iron Bowls have you been to, man? It's the Iron Bowl weekend.
2: That's a good question. Uh, only one, believe it or not, uh, back in 2014, and that was a good one, but uh I mean, listen, these are big games, uh, regardless of who the head coach is right now in Cadillac Williams uh, at at Auburn and, and Auburn trying to kind of sort through who's going to be their next head coach there. But Andrew and I have talked about Auburn and why it's probably one of the more fascinating vacancies in all of college football, because each weekend they have a home game. It seems like they just continue to attract some of the top talent from across the southeast. That hasn't been an issue. And this is one of those jobs I got circled right now because Whoever's stepping into this job over the next week or two, that's when I would expect a hire to be made. I think they're going to be in prime position to make a run here. I think there's a lot to gain. And, you know, on the other side, Alabama, the number one class in the country, they continue to kind of do what they do on the recruiting trail. But they got to make sure they take care of business because they're in some dogfights down the stretch on the trail as well.
0: Well, I don't think they need a reminder that they were a Tank Bigsby from running out of bounds away from losing the Iron Bowl last year. Obviously, Alabama bounced back. I mean, they won the game, but ultimately played for the national title. Here in the great state of Indiana in my hometown – or not my hometown, but my home city right now of Indianapolis. And uh, uh, before we pivot to this Alabama visitor list, Andrew, Cadillac Williams, as far as interim coaches, I've never – I can't remember as good a segue or as good a – he's really – put Auburn in great position to have a strong finish on the recruiting trail with how hard the kids are playing, how much the community is really rallied around this football team. This, there was so much negativity around the Plains. Cadillac Williams, now the interim coach, all of a sudden everyone's bought in. There's blue chippers coming to campus every Saturday now. They win a night game against Texas A&M. They're, they, they're in the lead group for some elite guys down the stretch like James Smith and Quay Saw and – Keldrick Falk's been to camp, and I know he's committed to Florida State, uh, but he's been to Auburn several times. You just never know what's going to happen with whoever the hire is, but I just want to say this real quick. Cadillac Williams, in my opinion, has shown that he is head coaching material himself. Uh, and, and he should be on the short list of, uh, of some programs that are looking for, for a talented on-the-rise head football coach because he has completely changed the energy around the program so fast. Uh, Andrew, this, this Iron Bowl list, if you go to Bama online and, and look at the visitors, Jaron Hamilton's a receiver from Florida taking his official visit this weekend. Alabama's pushing for him, and it looks like the Crimson Tide are the one to beat there.
1: Yeah, and he had a big playoff game this past Friday. His quarterback, Creed Whitmore, is committed to Mississippi State, had one of the most insane stat lines I'd seen out there. I think he had five total touchdowns, three interceptions on defense. But Jaron Hamilton was the guy on the other side of the ball uh, that was a beneficiary. And and this is a guy that transferred into Buholz high school to play with Creed Whitmore. And he's got some good track times, not someone that did much of the seven on seven circuit or the camp circuit. So flew a bit of a little bit under the radar, but he camps in Tuscaloosa. You know, if Alabama works a kid out and they like him, usually, uh, you know, they make a decision to move fast and, and that guy ends up in the class. So I could absolutely see Jaron Hamilton ending up uh, we, as a member of the Crimson Tide. And, you know, they keep trying to bring in wide receivers and, and figure some of these guys out. The past two, three cycles, really, you know, they've hit on some, but there have been some notable misses or some guys we anticipated to play that haven't seen the field. So it's as crazy as this sounds, Alabama and all the guys they got in the NFL, I still think they need to get some influx of talent into that wide receiver room. And Jeremiah, or excuse me, uh, this is a guy, Jaron Hamilton, who they, they feel really good about.
0: Yeah. Many of Bama's commits expected back the best high school football player in the country. Safety Caleb Downs is on Bama online's list. Justice Haynes, who had a terrific season at running back uh, on the list. Uh, uh, James Smith, Quay Russo, uh, Kelby Collins, and, and, and tight end and Lucky. That's an interesting one. I could see Alabama flipping Loss and Lucky, Andrew.
1: Yeah. I don't think anyone's really discussing that or talking about it. You know, Todd Hartley, Georgia. He's he's done an excellent job getting what he's got committed. Uh, but Lost and Lucky has taken a few trips to Alabama. That's really not been discussed on the on the national level. And on the flip side, Todd Hartley's also brought in some some visitors of his own. Walker Lyons. He's also flirt, flirting with Deuce Robinson, Deuce. Uh, the five star out, out of Arizona. I mean yeah that that dynamic and i when when trey scott our editor ha, had us write you know storylines for to follow in the signing day i actually had tight end as one of them but it didn't make the final cut but uh, that is an interesting position and lawson lucky is kind of the kingpin in this whole thing where does he land
0: bama they have the number one class in the country five-star corner desmond ricks is in play i like lsu but you never sleep on alabama sunterine perkins cooper he's committed to ole miss what happens with the future of the Ole Miss staff? What happens with Perkins? I know there's been reason to feel good about Bama. There's also been reason to see him stick with Ole Miss, but if there's a coaching change, you got uh, Damari Brown and Ruben Bain, Andrew, uh, expected there this weekend. How Louisville and Auburn, that's, should have mentioned Ruben Bain in the Auburn part, uh, but Louisville and Auburn are certainly in great position for him as well, guys.
1: Well, with with Ruben Bain, like Auburn is trying to take as many teammates uh, of Baines as they can. You know, they just picked up Keon Jenkins, the quarterback. They flipped him from FIU over the weekend, and then Louisville they have one of his other commit uh, teammates committed, in Katerius Hicks. That is another interesting one to follow. I mean, we'll see how these it shapes up in, in what are the big battles we're talking about here on December 21st. But I think Reuben Bain's going to be one of them. Uh, the two defensive linemen, James Smith, Quay Rousseau, those those are those are some more. But yes, Steve, I agree. Reuben Bain's one is an interesting one. And I'll never go back and, and forget this. When I was talking with Bain's parents a few weeks ago, uh, his dad told me, he's like, you know, you grow up watching Nick Saban on TV and then he says he wants your son. It, it kind of hits home. And that has always stuck to me when it comes to Bain's recruitment.
0: Cooper, we talked about Clemson Evan, arguably the best defensive line class in the country. Oklahoma in the running, and certainly Bama's in the running when you look at what they already have in the fold. And they could add Keon Keeley, James Smith, Quay Rousseau to that full, that mix. They're recruiting Kelby Collins still. Ruben Baines on the board uh, um, would be awesome uh, for a guy like linebacker Arian Carter, who I like Alabama for, to play behind, that's for sure. <laughs>
2: Yeah, pretty pretty crazy when you say those names out loud, considering what they already have in the class. But, I mean, James Smith, uh, Jaquavius Russo, Steve, I know you've been all over uh, those two. I, I've had the opportunity to get to see them play Uh, this season. To me, that is a really interesting dynamic. It seems like those two uh, have some type of infatuation with Auburn, so we'll see uh, what the coaching hire brings there. Maybe Auburn can see some momentum down the stretch, but you mentioned uh, the other one that Andrew and I continue to talk about. We we kind of talked about it pre-production, but what happens with Keon Keely right now, long thought to be an Alabama lean after he decommitted from Notre Dame. It seems like defensive line coach Larry Johnson at Ohio State has done a tremendous job with him. Uh, but Alabama is certainly a player when it comes to the best players in the country who rush the passer uh, and, and got to keep an eye on those guys down the stretch. And if there's you know one or two teams that I really have an eye on right now, it comes down to the pass rushers uh, and it comes down to Georgia and Alabama. Uh, Steve, I don't know what you think about that, but those are the those are the two squads I see going head to head late here over the next, next couple of weeks.
0: Certainly, and and Georgia's another program that's in the mix for the number one defensive line class in the country. So what are we saying? All the national title contenders are continuing to reload up front. You got guys like Jordan Hall and Damon Wilson. They're out there uh, uh, potentially for Georgia. They're also out there potentially for Ohio State, Ohio State bringing in a talented group of prospects for the Michigan game here, Coop. Uh, Joshua Mickens, an edge rusher, committed to LSU from Indianapolis. I like the way this is starting to trend for Ohio State. Damon Wilson is returning for an unofficial after taking his official in September. My crystal ball is on the Buckeyes, but I'm not sleeping on Georgia there. Uh, Jordan Hall from the Sunshine State. I think Georgia and Florida are probably best position. My crystal ball is on Georgia. But Ohio State and Larry Johnson trying to make a move there. Not expected to attend as of right now, at least. uh, Mateo Uagalele, uh, um, he's got a playoff game against Matter Day, so no way he'll be there. But uh, I like where Ohio State stands there. So the Buckeyes with a lot of meat on the bone there in the Keon Keeley sweepstakes to really crush defensive line recruiting on the stretch run with Caden McDonald and, and Will Smith already in the fold.
2: Yeah, well, you said it. I mean, what what do all those teams have in common? Uh, Two out of the three are in title contention right now when you look at Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama. Certainly, uh, we know what they're capable of. But Jordan Hall and Damon Wilson, you look at those two guys, two of the best uncommitted players in the country, still available. And those are kind of the head-to-heads that we're talking about. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, they're all involved right now. Larry Johnson, as I alluded to earlier, one of the best uh, recruiters, position recruiters in the country to me. Guys like Damon Wilson and Jordan Hall really changed the complexion of a class like Ohio State. These guys are not easy to find. So to be able to go to the Sunshine State and compete head-to-head with teams like Alabama and Georgia and get them in a Big tank country uh, in, in the big physical style of play we've seen and how the play has been really been dictated in the trenches, especially in the game that we'll see this weekend, these guys come at a premium, so uh, right now this is why these guys get paid the big bucks. But uh, guys like Larry Johnson are in popular uh, in popular demand uh, because of this time of the year, and if they can go down and go big fish, hunt, uh, big game hunting in a place like the state of Florida, and Paula Jordan Hall or Damon Wilson, like I said, it completely changes uh, the dynamic of a class for the Buckeyes.
0: Ohio State has the number six recruiting class in the country. They're also bringing in five-star offensive tackle, Samson Lola Miami is the 24-7 sports crystal ball favorite there. Took his visit to Florida this week. Oregon's still in there. Oregon's in there for a lot of five stars. Caden Proctor, they could flip. We talked about David D.J. Hicks. So Oregon's going to be an exciting team to watch down the stretch. Ohio State and USC, they have the best receiver classes in the country, Andrew. And, and Ohio State, they're – they're expected to bring back their commit. Noah Rogers for an official. Their school's behind the scenes trying to flip him, but you've seen their receivers play this year. We saw Noah Rogers together in the summer. What a group.
1: Yeah. And I think Jelani Thurman is not discussed enough. We we talk about the receivers, Brandon Ennis, Carnell Tate. I, I saw Carnell Tate on Friday night, IMG Academy versus St. Francis Academy. He was the difference. Six catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. You know, we consistently pick apart Carnell Tate in our rankings calls. And then you watch him play. And yeah, he might not be great at one thing, but he's really, really good at everything. And I I thought he was awesome. Yards after the catch, uh, just tracking the football, even played a little bit of safety. So big fan of him. Noah Rogers, he was a beast at at the OT7 event back there in July. You know, he could end up you know, being the highest of that bunch, and then Bryson Rogers, he's your fourth receiver. That's crazy. Jelani Thurman, uh, again, the tight end, he's a he's a weapon. Uh, you know, Mike Geseki's kind of been my comp for him. I, I think Mo Ali Cox. I know he's someone you saw yesterday with the Colts there, Steve.
0: Didn't um, make enough plays <laughs> It's it's a,
1: it's a talented group and. I think what you just said about Roger is hey, there's some other schools trying to get involved with him. Well, there's some other schools trying to get involved with Brandon Ennis. We know Miami's chipping away at him. Jelani Thurman, he continues to show up at Auburn. What happens pending whoever is hired there? You know, what if Coach Prime, Coach Kiffin, is does, does Jelani Thurman start looking a little bit more at them? Ohio State just lost Mark Fletcher. Um, they lost to John Johnson earlier in the cycle, Ty Lockwood. Uh, you know, I think for Ohio State, yeah, they're going to have these visitors here. But a win over Michigan ensuring that you're going to have that spot in the college football playoff, that's going to help with the narrative around the program. That's going to help with the the vibe and the energy. So I think that's what's at stake. Uh, and, and what do they call it, the big one, Yeah, uh, you know, the, the game? I, I forget what it is. I, I'm down here in Florida. I'm not up there.
2: So I'll defer to my guys. Man, that is embarrassing, Drew. I know. Come on, know. man.
0: The game, man. It's a noon kickoff. It's a hell of a way to start off your Saturday. And uh, um, Ohio State, man. Yeah, they've lost some guys, but they're also trying to flip some dudes too. Caleb Downs, a guy that they're pushing for here late. You know, they're looking for another running back. So we'll see where that settles. And and, and I think there's some more things brewing behind the scenes for the Buckeyes, really for everybody. So you want to stay on the twenty four seven Sports Network across all platforms, and certainly here on the YouTube channel, guys. TCU, they're up to number 19 in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings. They're undefeated. They're two ball games away from the college football playoff and a date with most likely Georgia in, in one of the semifinals. And they go out there on, on Sunday and get a pledge from Marcus Deal top 247 defensive lineman from the state of Texas one of the best two-way players in the country at the point of attack in my opinion he's texting with Jamarcus uh, McFarlane on, on Saturday night and how I remember covering Jamarcus in high school so time is just flying uh, uh, but he's texting with them on Saturday and just says hey I'm coming I'm, I'm committed and really they just you know that's how it goes and then someone on TCU staff texts Marcus Deal's dad later and says, welcome to the family, congratulations. And, and obviously his dad knew that his son was going to end up at TCU but did not know that he was already in the class for TCU. He's yelling across the house, Marcus. He's like, oh, yeah, I committed. And then he's like, I was so excited, I forgot to tell my family. Uh, but uh, went public with his plans on Sunday. Cooper, what do you love about this pickup for TCU?
2: Well, you said it, two-way standout, 6'4", 290. This is a guy that we've been trying to kind of get pinned uh, behind the scenes at 24-7 Sports. A lot of people uh, within our group think that his highest upside is at the offensive tackle position. Uh, I think I'm kind of the lone wolf that really likes him at defensive line. Uh, regardless, he's a really good football player and TCU fans uh, should be really excited about that. I like this guy. I think he's going to be uh, a very natural interior body very powerful at the point of attack, can play multiple positions on the de- defensive line. He's a long-armed athlete, bends extremely well, uh, and moves exceptionally well for his size. He's got a very good uh, track and field background in the shot put and discus. So in terms of the physical physical traits, we really like him. We got it right outside a second-round draft pick right now, so he's number 67 in our rankings. I think this is a guy, uh, especially once he gets – to learn the nuances of the defensive line position, gets coached up, gets his body right at the next level. I would not be surprised if he outperforms his current grade projection, and then all of a sudden we hear his name called day one, day two of the NFL draft.
0: Andrew, as we look at this potential finish for TCU on the trail, I like where they stand with top 247 athlete Michael McCall Harrison, pilot, They're in the mix to flip Javon Thomas from Texas A&M. I think they're one of the frontrunners for Ashton Porter, who's coming off a great visit to Oregon. You know, they're still in communication with a couple Texas offensive line commits, Trevor Goosby and Andre Kojo. They're battling Vanderbilt for four-star safety, Randon Fondanetti, who just decommitted from Utah recently. I think they're in a good spot for CJ Blocker. Trey Wilson, I believe he was at Marcus Deal's announcement for his commitment uh, on Sunday. Jamel Johnson, my crystal ball is on Ole Miss, but I think I might put it on TCU for four-star DB that was committed to Texas. Austin Novasad, the four-star quarterback, they went to his game a couple weeks ago. I, I think that... It'll be interesting to see if he visits in December. There's nothing planned right now. Uh, I I think that TCU is showing interest in him. Nothing more right now. Jordan Sanford is is a guy that they would love to land here late, Drew. Uh, uh, TCU looking to capitalize on an undefeated run here.
1: And Sony Dykes, you know, I I was working on a story, had to go back and look at last cycle, the decommitments and the flips leading up from that Thanksgiving to Christmas. And, I don't have the list in front of me, but TCU was as active as anyone with that spatula. And it seems like, Steve, it's setting up to be a similar scenario. And and last year, Dykes didn't have a college football playoff berth or a a, a number four ranking or a 11 and 0 record behind him. So they're going to have a ton of ammunition. And again, right, we're in this NIL era. A lot of decisions might be dictated by that, but but TCU, in terms of what they've put on the field, what they're doing with their athletes, they're gonna have some guys that could potentially go day one, day two of the NFL draft. And I think a lot of kids are going to be uh, attracted to that. I, I like the uniforms, the, the, you know, the, the purple and the horn frogs and all that stuff. So I think they're gonna be one to keep an eye on as we get closer to that, uh, December 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And, and you said Nova, said, he's the one that. Uh, raised my eyebrows when I saw that they had gone and seen him just because they're still hunting for a quarterback.
0: Yeah, Zach Evans could have been part of this, transferred to Ole Miss, but Keandre Miller has certainly stepped up with almost 1,200 yards rushing and 14 touchdowns, been one of the best running backs in college football this year, Coop.
2: Yeah. And listen, you said it was Zach Evans. I kind of smiled there. I mean, I can't imagine uh, the the type of year he would be having uh, in Dallas, Fort Worth. But this kind of reminds me a little bit uh, of the old days of Gary Patterson when TCU was kind of in in their heyday. I mean, to me, Drew, this is kind of what you look for if you're tcu uh they have benefited uh, from an undefeated season right now position to be in the college football playoffs if it were today and now you kind of see them late start to make their run on some of the more talented players in the southwest and in the state of texas that's what they need to do sonny dykes has kind of elevated their brand uh back to where it used to be and it hadn't been that way for quite some time i think this is a place that can consistently recruit in the top 15 to 20 year in and year out so i think what they've done on the field we're starting to see that kind of translate uh on the recruiting trail right now and this is a dangerous team late in the season especially if they're playing well uh, but what they're capable of doing uh, because tcu is such an attractive place and program to be
1: i think it's a great spot to be in if you you have some counters that are saved and you're in the national spotlight because now you're making decisions based on having seen kids go through senior seasons and we talk about the junior year when it comes to scouting is so important for player development but as seniors I mean there's guys that are merging all over the country and if you're full you're like oh I can't really do anything but if you've got some spots you got some some bullets to use man this is the perfect situation to be sitting in I I think we're seeing it a little bit with UCF as well they just picked up uh, an in-state kid I, I really like um, that's had it a heck of a senior season and, you know, they're doing their their homework, looking at guys. So sometimes we praise all these schools for loading up in the spring and the summer. But then when they find themselves in a situation like TCU, you know, you can't really do anything. You can't burn bridges. So um, it, it's just an interesting tactic that Sony Dykes and that staff have used to take a more reserved approach and turn up the heat here down the stretch.
0: Programs outside of the typical blue bloods that can kind of pick and choose who they want in the portal. I think you look at a program like TCU now, when that portal opens, there'll be a very attractive spot for a difference maker or two as well. And the portal is going to make things very interesting for recruiting down the stretch boys because guys that maybe haven't made their decision, by the time that portal opens up, I believe on December 5th, maybe you were a take on December 4th, but a player that they didn't know is in the portal in December 5th. All of a sudden, they're pivoting to that proving college player. Something to think about for some of these recruits that are out there uh, trying to make a final decision. Maybe your deadline should be a little earlier in the process before schools start fishing in the portal, not knowing what the, what kind of sharks are out there.
2: Well, I completely agree. I mean, w- when you look at that date, when is the portal open? December 5th right now. Um so you only got a couple of weeks, and, and I think that more impacts on the uh, the schools at the top of the food chain, but that's certainly a date, and this is the first time we've been through this, right, where we've kind of had this uh, portal window uh, per se, but I, I do think that's going to impact, and, you know, hopefully a lot of these prospects are kind of educated on that front or have somebody in their ear that can tell them, listen, if you like this opportunity, wherever it is, and right now they're willing to take your commitment, now is the time. Uh, to make sure that you, you know you verbally communicate that and save your spot uh,
0: before signing day. Hell, even though like some of the five stars, I mean, like if you're Georgia or you're Alabama and you got a chance to get a five-star player here at the end of the cycle, but it's a five-star caliber college football player in the portal, that's a tough decision too now. You only got so many, you know, so it's uh, – this portal is going to make – some some guys that think they have a spot somewhere it might evaporate really quick depending on who goes in the portal here
1: yeah and, and the quarterback movement i think is going to be something that's that's fascinating to track i mean me and Coop have talked about it on preps to pros you know how much does a, a starting quarterback go going for nil money right now and you know everyone seems to be hunt, hunting and searching for another arm whether you're at the top of the food chain or you're at the bottom of the food chain. And I think the amount of people that enter the portal, they're just going to test to see what's out there. And we're going to see a high volume. You know, today's the first day that, FCS players could enter the portal, and you're seeing two-year starters at Harvard. I mean, this guy's getting a Harvard education. Why is he entering the portal? He probably wants to see what opportunities he has out there. So today, I mean, if you see it on the the 24-7 Sports Transfer Portal uh, Twitter account, I mean, there's a lot of names going in there. Just imagine what it's going to be here in two weeks on, on the 5th.
0: I had one Big Ten coach say we got eighty-five unrestricted free agents come the end of the season. Now it's not gonna be that bad, but I do think you're gonna see kids going in the portal just to see what their worth is. Maybe they don't maybe they're not leaving, but maybe it's leverage for a hey, this is this is what I'm potentially worth somewhere else.
2: Well, I will say this, Steve, the last point on this, the moment they go into the portal, a a program can cancel their financial aid. So it is a little bit of a dangerous game once you start to kind of dip your feet in the water and kind of see what's available for the prospect as well. That's something they got to keep in mind because you're not always going to have a home uh, in the program uh, that you're testing the waters with might see that as an opportunity. And maybe there's somebody that wants to play for them. They see as an upgrade.
0: Absolutely. Hey guys, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell all my Twitter followers on on Thursday morning. Do not get hurt in your turkey bowl game. Whatever game you're playing in your neighborhood on Thursday, stretch, stay healthy, don't go as hard as you as you used to here, and uh, I wish you and I wish all of you guys watching the best in your turkey bowl on Thursday morning before you eat some bird and watch some some really good NFL football before the Egg Bowl. And uh, I appreciate y'all joining us here on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel for this collaboration between Whip Around and Preps to And I had a lot of fun. I hope you get to do this some more down the road.